You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. You guys all have good to do the Christmas photos yet? Not yet. I will test the marriage. Moving, that will test the marriage. I even Googled it. I'm in the middle of, my house is in chaos. We're in the middle of moving. I Googled it like, statistically, what do I need to be ready for? Number one reason for divorce, moving. Didn't start off well in the search. Was hoping it was like top 20. Nope, number one reason. Number two is money. Number, oh, most stressful things is moving. Number two most stressful is money. Number three is divorce, but they say don't let number one lead to number three. So I was like, good advice. Good advice. So pray for your pastor this week and anybody that works for me. Mostly Esther. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to recover. I'm telling you what, I, I think I'm still in a tryptophan overdose. You guys ever done that drug? That's what's in Turkey. Calm down, you religious people. Man, I can't even make a tryptophan joke. Just felt the eyes like, oh, pastor's addicted to tryptophan. That's why you got to quit cold turkey. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. It's only going to get worse all morning. I feel like I got to work stuff out. When you're under stress, I have to just make myself laugh. That's what I do. You can't take life so serious. You may not need to hear it, but I needed to hear it this morning. Well, why is my wife not here? Let's call her. I'm just joking. She would definitely, we'd be in counseling on Tuesday. My little one didn't feel well. Oh, pray for my little boy. So listen, we're in a new series called Unshakable Joy. Unshakable Joy. And you got to really ask yourself, how do you get unshakable joy. And really, we have five weeks left in the year. So kind of what I'm going to do in this first part, and I'm going to give you a little verse, and I'll break down that verse real quick. I just want to give you guys a little 50,000-foot view. You know, when someone, if you guys ever seen those vacation spots like, you know, the Maldives? You guys ever seen it? The Epic Hotels you walk out on? I always say, I, I just never on a map know where that is. I just know what the house over the water with the deck and the hot tub and all these pretty people jumping off it. You know, I was like, I want to be there, but where is there? Sometimes when you get perspective, and I saw this aerial view of where the Maldives were, I was like, there's no way with three kids I'm taking a flight all the way there. It's off the tip of India. So I don't care how nice that thing looks, I'd rather be in my pool in my backyard, you know? That long. It's perspective. So we have five weeks left in this entire year. That's crazy to think about. It's like a blur. So what are we going to do in those five weeks? Well, Unshakable Joy, I want to give a little breakdown. I was uh, out at our river house this weekend, and I met this, this guy, and really cool guy. But he's like, yeah, I don't do church. But then when I got to really sit down and talk to him, his grandpa was a Pentecostal preacher. I'm thinking to myself, where along the way did we not pick up what he was putting down 
or what, where was the disconnect? And we had this great conversation, and I, I could tell in my conversation I was missing some good gaps that I needed to talk to him about. I went home. I stayed up all night. I was like, man, I'm just going to preach this message because I think it's important we get perspective from 50,000, and then we'll drop down, we'll land the plane real quick, and I'll give you a nugget to set you up, and then we're going to pray for people. That's kind of where we're going, the X marks the spot. You guys... You guys down with that? Okay, good. But as we roll into it, I want to tell you, here's some things that can set you up for success as you finish strong. The title of my message is Finish Strong. Part two at the very end will be Never Give Up. And hold on to that unshakable joy. You know, it's really uh, going to be something that rattles people when I emailed it to myself from my river house, and then it was cryptically messed up when I got home. So that was a little stressful. I had to go back and figure out how to rewrite that whole thing, which you know the devil's going to And then you could ask, you know, Pastor Alicia and Lance, they're going, man, the spiritual warfare this morning was crazy. I said, get ready. That always means it's going to be a good day. But get plugged into a connect group. That means just get connected. Find people that are doing life. I don't care if you guys go to the beach, play vault, whatever. Do life with people. So if you're not connected, find people to get connected with. How do you start? You go out in the lobby, you go to DNA, you meet some people, you just come up to me afterwards, I'll go introduce you to people. If you're single, we'll have a little single say, I don't know, we'll figure it out. <laughs> just don't be shy. If you're, if you're young and not in, in uh, our youth program, Connor Mead, stand up. Look at this good looking guy. Come meet Connor. I know there's youth that don't go to youth because like, I don't know anybody. Because they were a part of youth, but their church shut down, and then they're like, come in here, and it's like, oh, I feel like I'm, but let's get you connected. Fight for something. I always know if you see something you want, walk towards it. That's how I married my wife. You know, if you have that dream car, go sit in and test drive it. I didn't say you had to buy it. Go on on the weekends. You know what my wife and I used to do to dream? We lived in a little two-bedroom condo. I used to roll through neighborhoods and just walk into open houses with my wife. I put on my nicest jacket, which wasn't that nice, and we'd just walk in and be like, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, we'd walk out going, whoa, that was so nice. We're still doing it. I like, now it's just extreme. But it's fun to do that stuff because it makes you feel alive. When you stop feeling alive, we can have problems, but get connected. Read good books. Push, Pastor Jurgen wrote, one. pray until something happens. Okay, just a few. Okay, but fourth dimension. Couple claps. Prayer revival. Three, three claps, okay. Rest of you went to my church growing up, huh? The Frozen Chosen? That was a joke, too. Ha, just checking. Listen to great teachers. I love that our church, we have all these pastors that are preaching. I get, on, I get on Tuesday when the podcasts come up, and I just start listening to all my friends preach, going, oh, man, why didn't you think of that? God, why didn't you give me that word? Dang. It's great stuff. Build a, prayerful, uh, a powerful prayer habit. That's why we do you know, men's and women's prayer. Women's on Thursday. Men here at 5.30, I don't get up that early. Then stay up all night. If you knew it was gonna make your life radical, I promise you'd be there. And those that have been there, you know what you know. Develop a hunger and thirst for kingdom life. 
I'm about to tell you what kingdom life looks like. This is my 50,000. I want you to understand there is a way to have kingdom life. See, what happened was the world was more attractive than the kingdom because no one ever explained to me what the kingdom life should be like. But when someone, Pastor Jurgen, showed me what kingdom life could be like, I was like, man, I've been living under a veil. And when I had a taste and heard the voice of God for the first time, I was nudged by the Holy Spirit. I understanding as a kid, when I felt guilty, that was just there was some conviction of the Holy Spirit trying to guide me and lead me, but no one ever taught me to find that voice. So I was just running into walls and doing stupid things, even though I felt that. But then when I got discipled and I understood that that voice was actually the one, those are guardrails. Hey, are you sure you should be looking at that? Are you sure you should be doing that? Are you sure you should be hanging out with that person? Sure you want to do that business thing? Are you sure you want to do that? Now it's just like going right here, toop, toop. Okay, we'll just go this. It's like two-step. The Holy Spirit will guide you if you let him. That's called kingdom life. And then don't miss church. That's just one of the craziest things. To me, church was an accessory. So what was more important was our soccer games, was all these other things. And when all hell broke loose, why would I go anywhere? Because it wasn't the most important anchor. But when you, my kids know this is our anchor, not just because I was the preacher. Because before I was this, my daughter knew we don't miss church. I've lost out on business deals, money deals, everything. But you know what? They're not my provider. He is. So all these revelations, I just made a commitment. I, and I could tell you, the minute I made a commitment to don't miss church, it's almost like I was making God a priority. And someone wants to argue, oh, well, you can do church on the side of the soccer field. I get it. You want your kids to have good? Then start your own soccer league on a Saturday. What, how committed are you? I grew up racing go-karts, and it's still my number one passion. So I saw there was a karting league, and they raced on Sundays. So when I called them and told them I was gonna start a karting league and they knew I was serious, they switched their dates to Saturday. So now my kids are gonna grow up karting. And I told them, I wish they would, and they're like, yeah, we compete with soccer games. Well, then you're not that good anyways. Go karting never competes, we dominate. Soccer, karting, you're gonna race your whole life, you're gonna play soccer till. It's true. Go to the Porsche experience, I could tell who's been in a cart before. We all need to be racing carts, people. I think we need an awakened cart trap out in Campo. If you're over 90, I'm putting bumpers on it, just letting you go. You'll find, never mind. James 1, 2 through 8 says this. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. I love that. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. I can tell my wife is getting a little stressed about this move. I quoted this verse to her. It didn't go the way I was hoping. So I just wrote it on her mirror this morning when she gets home. This is such a great verse. So let it grow, and when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. How many know that's not going to happen in our lifetime? It's so true. So listen, I want to give you a couple of these things. A recap on kingdom life equals kingdom purpose will equal unshakable joy. 
So you can't just go, how do we get to unshakable joy? You just gotta understand that we need to get, back it up, there's kingdom purpose. You back that up, you understand kingdom life. So I'm just gonna break this down really quick and then I wanna just teach around this verse that God was showing me earlier. There's a way, there's purpose, and there's a plan. God has a way, he has a purpose, and he has a plan. How many believe that this morning? Every one of us should believe that. God's way. Everything God does is intentional. Read the book of Genesis. Everything God creates has design. Everything that happens, God will use. I just preached about Romans 8, 28. So everything that happens, God will use. God's design is for us to emulate Jesus, which means if Jesus was perfect and we're here, or you're here, or you're here, I don't care where you are on the spectrum, we're just supposed to close the gap. So just find out where's the gap. And then let us help you figure out how to get you to close the gap. That's one of the greatest things is just understand we're all gonna have a gap. None of us are Jesus. He's the only perfect being. God sent his only begotten son to die on the cross for our sin. He was sinless. So we know we're all gonna fall short. So then how big is your falling short? And let's just try to minimize the falling short every day. Let's wake up and be a better version of ourselves. And if we just know where the gap is, we know how to start, which no one ever told me. So we're supposed to recognize that gap and close it. Now, part two is the enemy has a way. How many know there is an enemy and he has a way? Okay. Everything the enemy does is chaos and confusion. So this will help you. You actually don't need to watch the news. I just want to tell you, to me, it's just helping you get brainwashed and not you because you're here. But what I'm saying, there's a lot of people that are now you're going to see the next level of fear due to some new variant. How do I know? Because I'm like, pastor, pray for me. I don't want to get this. How about I just break off a spirit of fear off you? So listen, everything the enemy does is chaos and confusion. Everything the enemy designs is deceptive and destructive. So whenever you're walking something out, is there chaos? Is there deception? Does it seem destructive? Just know that's not God's way. But there is an enemy, and that sounds like his way. It just makes this get so much easier. Everything the enemy authors demonstrates the fruit of the flesh. You can read Galatians 5, 19 through 23 if you want a reference on that because it talks about what that looks like. Because what we want to do is, look, what is the fruit of the spirit? Not the fruit of the flesh. And just take an inventory on your life, and like I said again, Galatians 5, 19 through 23, I read that. I teach my kids. I then read them the fruit of the spirit, and I say, how are you guys doing on these two spectrums? One is the enemy's putting that out in front of you, And over here, this is what God's putting out in front of you. Which one do you want more? That's closing the gap. It's not beating yourself up because you're over on this. It's just recognizing it. It's like, I'm not going to walk through a minefield. I'm going to recognize it's a minefield. And I'm going to look to see where they're at. That's what the enemy wants me to step on. Don't even go towards that. Look for God's field. He wants to bless you. Okay, so listen, the purpose of God... Here it goes. So that was the way. The purpose of God is to live life full without the gap. Read John 10.10. Do we have that verse, John 10.10? This was one of my verses from a couple years ago. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose, God, is to give them a rich and satisfying life. 
Some say an abundant life. Some say life to the full. Some versions say a life overflowing. I'll take any of those descriptions. So there's God's way and there's an enemy's way. The purpose of God is to live life without the gap, live it to the full, and help others close the gap, meaning find eternity. Without Jesus, there's no other purpose. The purpose of the enemy is to deceive you to believe there is no God, to discourage you, to widen your gap, to destroy you, block you, and block you from living life to the full. So if you feel like you've just been hitting a ceiling or you're losing your joy or you don't know what to do, guess what? There is an enemy that's just trying to mess you up and discourage you. I know so many people that say, man, I'll see you on Sunday. And then when I see them on Monday in my office, I'm like, what happened? They go, man, I just couldn't get there. Honestly. We got to fight for our friends. You made it here. So the plan of God, be fruitful. Live your life the way God wants you to live. Multiply, make disciples and baptize them. Fill the earth, meaning close the gap. Exercise dominion. You know that's a biblical term? Exercise dominion. How's that tank on your life? I didn't even know what that word was. And what's amazing, in in 2012, I got prophesied over that you're going to start taking dominion in your life. When we had a pastor come through that was a prophet, he highlighted me, stood me up, prophesied. I never forgot it because that word dominion etched in my brain. The year that my team won was 2016 Emerge. You know the name of that Emerge that year? Dominion. I was standing up on a stage with 35 guys, 40 guys behind me. And they handed me that trophy, and I had on my hat, and the Lord spoke to me. I told you you'd take dominion. And it, it rattled me to my core. I've never forgot it. I bought about 10 hats, because I knew I'd wear them out. I only got two left, so I'm not wearing one of them. I'm going to put it in like a hat case. Just as that's my word, that's my reminder. I never knew that part of the plan of God was for us to exercise dominion. And yet... It sounds like a foreign concept to so many of my Christian friends. You're supposed to exercise dominion in all that you do, in the workplace, in your marriage, in life. Your friends ought to see something, you're set apart. There's something different about your life that they want. Strangers ought to be like, there's something different about you. When you walk in a room, they gotta be, there's something different. That's God's plan for your life. The plan of the enemy, seduce you into unbelief, manipulate you into selfish focus, frighten you so you play and stay small, render you powerless. Quit believing the lies of the enemy. It was funny, I was having this revelation about the body, I was studying it the other day because I'm taking other states' jurisprudence exams for my license. And I was reading this one thing, it says you have five vital systems, you know the brain, CNS, heart, respiratory, digestive, liver, 79 organs, 206 bones, 650 muscles, 1,320 plus tendons, 28 feet of intestines, thousands of miles, hundreds of thousands of miles of blood vessels, and millions of miles of nerves throughout your body. You think about how amazing that God made us in his own image. We're that spectacular. And we're made for a purpose. Yet everything that I just described has to work together to get you out of bed. You may, I might not look pretty this morning, but I was still functioning all right. Some of you got more blessed than others. That's fine. It's fine. 
But the function of man and woman, sustain life, support growth, promote unity through community, meaning we're gonna do life together. That's how we thrive. They looked at the health of individuals that are isolated, lower T-cell counts, lower immune function, all these issues. But when you come together, automatically your vibrational tone changes on a cellular level. Is that amazing? That's why we're supposed to be doing this through community and we're meant to multiply. That's the functions of a man or woman. The body of Christ, we're made up of all these different parts as well. Think about it. The body of Christ, we're made, we all have a special role for the kingdom. And yet, we have the same function, sustain life, support growth, promote unity through community, meaning do life together, and multiply. The body of Christ, our body. It's just an interesting thing. That means every one of you were designed to advance the kingdom. So that means every one of us are part of this body of Christ. We're meant to advance the kingdom. That means we're going to do radical things. That means we're all in ministry together. That means we are our brother or sister's keeper. We got to make sure we're encouraging one another. I wish we had little joy meter hats. You know how we could have those like, I used to watch people wear the mood rings. I just like, I'd see it red. I'd just stay away from them. They're like, oh, rough day. We just need a joy meter. If there's any vaccine we need, it's joy. Until you discover your kingdom purpose, you'll not experience the joy and fulfillment that comes with perfectly fitting into the body of Christ. That's why we gotta help unlock, that's why we have DNA, to help you find your gifts, get you unlocked, get you plugged in. Let's do life together. People all the time go, man, every time, it's like I meet people from awake and I can tell. Why? They just got this thing about them. Yeah, they're hyped on life because they're getting victory in their life. So the king is waiting. You're really popping that up me right now? It's probably going to help me. Just two things I want to give you on the how real quick. It's about abiding in him. Abiding is another word, enduring. Second one is hearing. I didn't know I could sit around and hear from God. I didn't know how important that was in my life. But we gotta abide in him and we gotta hear from him. In the kingdom pursuit, to find that unshakable joy, These are my lessons that I had to learn, and I journal a lot of this stuff because I wanted to know, how can I reproduce what's happened in my life? So when I look back over my life since I really came to this house, rededicated my life to this house, my wife got saved in this house, my life's been redeemed in this house, my five things that I remember going through I surrendered for change. I wasn't good at, maybe let's just call it a spirit of control. Whatever. I decided to surrender and let, I knew how my life was working out. But I said, all right, God. Not my will, your will. Show me. And I'm going to listen. And then I'm going to abide. And I'm going to hold on to no matter what it takes. Surrender to the Holy Spirit was number two. I had such a religious spirit, I didn't know I needed the Holy Spirit. But when I broke that religious spirit off me, I could see clearly. How did I know? It was amazing. I was judgmental before. 
I realized that so much love came in that I looked at people completely different. I just realized, man, last Friday I was so messed up. Pastor, you're going to love me through it. I got to get this religiosity broken off me. Why am I sitting here wanting to argue theology all the time? That's a religious spirit. I just want to love them. Why am I trying to argue? They believe in Jesus. What the heck am I wasting my time arguing theology with another believer? We got to go get stuff saved. But we're just like, hey, are you post-destinate, predestinate? What are you? I'm saved. Number three was I said, God, I'm going to trust you. How do you know when you trust God? It's crazy. You ready? Your money. I said, okay, I trust you, I trust you, I trust you. That's not what your bank account says. Okay, fine, I start, I start tithing. I trust you, I trust you, I trust you. Vision builders, oh, that's next level trust. God, you know, come on, I wasn't raised around that. I just got over this, just got over the tithing thing. You're hitting me too fast, too strong. Vision builders, I can't do it. When I went all in, I knew I trusted him. Number four, I need to learn how to resist the enemy. I need to learn how to pray. That's how the prayer meeting started and I won't back down ever since. That's how you resist the enemy, you know how to pray. Most men are never taught how to pray. You don't wake up with a manual how to pray. My dad didn't teach me how to pray. We prayed over dinner, that was it. My mom would, you know, before I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to take, blah, 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 blah. I was like, what was that? You know what I'm saying? But that's no, but guess what? That's all they knew, because no one taught them. I was just a product of their parenting. It's not a judgment thing. It's like, now I'm teaching my dad. I'm teaching my mom how to pray. My mom learned how to pray with authority at age 64. It's a long time to go. So pursuing him is what it looks like. The king is waiting. We got to pursue him. The verse I'm gonna land on, because I want you to hear this, because I think it's really important, is in 1 Kings 18, 41 through 45. If you guys could go read this. This is the story of Elijah. How do you not get confused between Elijah and Elisha? It's been my 20 year journey. Anybody know? You ready? I'm gonna Forrest Gump you. J comes before S. You're welcome. You're welcome. Elijah, Elisha, which one is it? Oh, Jay. Jay, got it. Basically, he was going against 850 prophets. Okay? It'd be like one scientist going against 850 Fauci's. I'm trying to make it real. I'm trying to help you. One person standing on God's truth against 850 Fauci's, not afraid to say it, that's really what we're talking about it. And he said, and there'd been a three year drought that he prophesied, he predicted it. So King Ahab and Jezebel were evil. And if you guys have read Jonathan Kahn's book called The Paradigm, we're still living out that same thing right now. That's a little deep, I could have freaked you out. But if you wanna go next level, the Paradigm, Jonathan Kahn, expert in Old Testament, wrote a book called The Paradigm, which means the blueprint. He takes out names 
of people in the Old Testament and we replaces them with current names right now. And it shows the exact same timeline, blueprint, everything. It's repeating a cycle. Just trying to, hey, expose the wolves. But here's what I want you to understand. This is a word for our church right now. I want you to go read this story. Because he said, I'm going to go to the top of Mount Carmel and I'm going to pray for rain. He got down. He didn't care what his servants thought. He didn't care what anybody thought. And he got down on his knees, put his head between his knees, started praying. He didn't care. He said, God, you're going to answer my prayers. He got up and he said, hey, go look. Go look at the mountain. Go look. See if you see rain. Came back said, I don't see anything. He prayed again. He said, go look again. Went back. He prayed again. Doesn't say how long he prayed. He went back, looked again, came back, prayed, went back, said, look again. Seven times. My question is, how many times are you going to pray for something before you give up? We can't be the church that just throws a prayer out like a Hail Mary. How many times are you going to stand or get on your knees and pray for that breakthrough that God has already promised you, but for some reason, some reason you quit? I wrote this quote down. He, he who loses wealth loses much. He who loses a friend loses more. But he who loses his courage loses everything. How many times are you willing to get on your knees and pray for it? If God said, I'm going to send rain, you're prophesying, you're a prophet. Are you willing to get down on your knees again and again? And the servant's probably going, man, I got to walk up that hill one more time. And this is what I love. This is what I love. Here's what happened. Seven times Elijah, uh, Elijah told him to go back. Finally, the seventh time his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. I'm gonna, this is what you need to hear. I saw a little cloud. Did he see rain? What was he praying for? All he saw was a sign. And immediately Elijah, I want you to hear this, he shouted, hurry to Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. I'm going to tell you something. Some of you have been praying. You've seen a sign, but you haven't got your breakthrough yet, and you're still standing there. We didn't get this church because we were standing there. We didn't open because we were standing there. God, if you want us to, hurry up. No, no, no. All we did was we saw a sign. And then we worked our tails off to do everything we could to go stand, to go fight for our community, to go fight for our neighbors, to go fight for the city that we love. See, some of us are waiting around. You've seen a sign. Should I leave my job or they're going to make me do this? That's a sign. What are you waiting for? Why are we so content with waiting till God, what's he going to come in a bow? What do you need? All he saw was, I saw a little cloud the size of a hand. And Elijah jumped up and ran like the victory was already where. There wasn't a drop of rain. There was a sign though. This is a word of the Lord from a prophet that we need to see some signs in our life and quit downplaying them. 
Because guess what? Some of our breakthroughs already passed us by. But God, eight, Romans 8, 28 is going to work it back together. But I need you to be the church. When you see a sign, you run after it. I'm going to tell you something. When God said, start looking for a house, and then all of a sudden someone texted to me. I saw that house, and in my spirit, I said, yeah, that house is epic, but that price tag's not. But because I've done the things that I told you, the kingdom purpose, the kingdom life, what happened was that little thing, that little voice on the inside said, oh, you're going to get up and preach about breakthrough, but you're going to roll over when you saw a price? I thought I was the God of the impossible. I thought I was the God that could do anything. I thought I was the God of breakthrough. Yeah, you're going to get up in a pulpit and preach, and all you saw was a price tag, and you're going to roll over and not pursue it? So I said, all right, Lord, I'll call. Call the real estate agent. They're like, oh, you need a pre-approval for this much. I didn't have that much. So I rolled over again. God says, really? The only reason I'm correcting you is because you're mature enough to handle it. Get up and go back and find another way. So I called my mama like every good boy should, and I said, mama, I don't want to freak out my real estate agent. Since you are one, I need you to call and figure out how to get me in this house. God's telling me, don't give up. She called, told this real estate agent the story. That real estate agent said, oh, I love the fact he's a preacher with that much faith. Of course I'll show it to him. Went over there, took my family. She fell in love. She went to battle for my family. She went to battle. And let me tell you, it's been breakthrough after breakthrough. All I needed was a sign. I didn't have the house. It's been a three-month battle for our dream house. Three months. All I got was a little sign, meaning the Holy Spirit saying, get up and do it again. Get up and make a phone call. I just needed a little sign, but I kept going. And guess what? There wasn't rain for three months. But last week when it closed on Wednesday, guess what? I'm telling you, you got to fight for your breakthrough. That's what today's about. you got to understand that God's trying to get you a message. That He has a purpose. He has a plan. He has a design for your life. You just got to get your courage back. You got to get your fight back. You got to never stop dreaming. Never stop pushing. Never stop believing. Come on. So listen, I'm going to pray for two groups of people. I'm gonna pray that if you just wanna recognize what a sign looks like, God specifically showed me when I was praying about this message, there's some people that don't even know what a sign looks like. That I need you, that you gotta get whatever theology you have in your mind, you just gotta put the Holy Spirit in your heart and say, God, I wanna pursue you with everything I have. If that's you, I'm gonna ask you to stand. Second one is, if you've been seeing signs, but you've been missing the blessing because you've just been stuck, you feel like there's a ceiling, you don't know how to move, you know there's a breakthrough, you know God's been speaking to you, but for some reason you haven't walked into your breakthrough, those are the two people. And if that's you, either of those two categories, I just want you to stand up. This is called an impartation message. This is where I pray, I'm gonna break it off. How do I know? I've done it over my life many times. I did it in my life over a business that I walked into. I did it in my life over my first house that I'm in today. And I really felt like God was saying, that was the first time I gave you a set of weights. To him, it was nothing. I look back now and go, that was nothing. But I was so nervous and scared and intimidated. And I walked in. I've been living in my blessings since 2012. But as we go to this one, I would have never even thought about this one if God hadn't taken me through that one. Today's our exercise, faith muscle. What are you believing for? Everyone standing, I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to visualize what your life looks like lined up with kingdom purpose. 
I want you to visualize the area that you need breakthrough in. I want you to visualize things that you feel could be better, whether it's your marriage, whether it's your finances, whether it's your living situation, whatever it is. Maybe you see yourself preaching one day. Maybe you see yourself leading a company one day. Maybe you see yourself, whatever it is. God's trying to shift something right now because you have to see it to walk into it. They had to see the sign of that rain cloud and Elijah knew in a moment, that's it. Breakthrough's coming. The rain's coming. Visualize that right now. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you. I thank you for everybody standing right now. And just so you know, that standing's just an act of faith. I'm activating faith. Sometimes we gotta change our posture to see differently. Sometimes you gotta get to the next mountain to see where the next big mountain is. Between those mountains, there might be a valley. Don't get stuck in the valley. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You're walking through the valley. You're going to that next mountaintop experience. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you right now. An impartation of faith. God, an impartation of kingdom. God, in this house, we'll line up and disciple your kingdom come. Your will be done. In Matthew 6, it says, seek first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. There is a right way of doing things. God's a God of order, not chaos. God, I thank you right now for breakthrough in this house. I thank you for forgiveness in this house. I thank you for feeling healing in this house. God, that we can feel your love, that we can hear your voice. We can walk in to that breakthrough that you're calling us to step into. Some of you have lost the fight. You've lost the courage to keep fighting. There was a woman with the issue of blood for 12 years. She finally said, forget it. She fought her way through a crowd and she just believed, if I could, I touch the hem of the Almighty, I'll be healed. Some of you just need to fight through the crowd, fight through the fear, whatever it is, just keep fighting. God, I thank you for today. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Listen, I really believe it doesn't matter what this country's doing, but we are going into a new season. And it's gonna take you to armor up. It's gonna take you to be around other people that can help you think straight, that help you think right, that can help keep your mind clear and focused on protecting your family, knowing it doesn't matter what, this has all been a revelation. There's always chaos. It's not gonna get easier. It's always gonna get a little crazier. But just know that you can have an unshakable joy in the middle of chaos. Who's around you matters. What you're listening to matters. What you're watching matters. You need to fight like crazy to renew your mind and to guard your heart. I always every year teach goal setting. I'm teaching it completely different because I realize the number one thing I got to teach this year is how to guard this, to protect this. If you don't guard your heart, you will be taken out. And if there are people that aren't smart enough to guard their heart, you know what a lifeguard says all the time? If you see someone drowning, 
throw him a ring. But if you try to go save him, guess who's gonna drown with him? You pray for your friends. You pray for those that are off the rails right now. You pray for those that are lost in the chaos. You call them, you love on them, but you don't let them infect you. You throw them a rope. You pray for them. You bring them to Twisted. You try to get them around the stuff to keep dropping. It's like titration. You don't give up on them, but you don't go drown. And a lot of people have a problem with this statement because, oh, well, they're family. Well, I mean, what does that mean? What does that mean? We got to shake some people like we've never shaken them before. The loudest voice is going to win, and you have a voice. How do I know? You're here on a Sunday. If God is convicting you or teaching you to speak up and be bold, it is your duty as a believer to do so. We're all going to stand before the king one day. We all have a kingdom assignment. You all have a kingdom purpose. And the only thing I'm going to say is I'm going to ask my ministry team to come up. If you don't know your kingdom purpose, let my team pray for you. If you're not sure what you're doing, let my friend praise, let my ministry team pray for you. There is a spirit of confusion out there. There is an enemy that wants to kill, steal, and destroy your dreams. So you stay small. But there is a God that wants you to win and live life to the full. And if you don't know Jesus, I want you to come down and tell that to my ministry team. If you don't, we never know what tomorrow's gonna bring. But just due to time, I wanna say this. We have a Bible for you. We have a book called Following Jesus. You don't have, she's right here. Oh, look at that. Linda Miller, you're amazing. But here's what I wanna say. You're not joining another religion. Jesus died on the cross for every single one of us. There's no hoops to jump through. You can't work your way into heaven. You can't perform. Some of you got great dance moves that doesn't get you into heaven. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. That's it. I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 3, 16, the most famous Bible verse in the world. Meditate on it. But if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, come meet my team. Let them pray for you. Make a decision today to follow Jesus. And then you'll understand kingdom purpose, kingdom life, everything kingdom. But unless you know Jesus, all that stuff's irrelevant. I want you to know, church, it's going to be a radical Christmas season. I want you to wake up every morning. Listen, the stress of the season. The number one statistic for heart attacks, up by like 300%, is Christmas Day. I want to tell you that. Go Google it. Lied some of I don't believe it. Go look it. The number one day of the year for heart attacks is Christmas Day. It's amazing. The Savior was born on Christmas, but he's trying, the enemy's trying to take people out. Don't let stress affect you. Find unshakable joy in this season. Come to a prayer meeting. Come to Twisted. We're going to do radical things, but get up in the morning, take a big breath, and just say, Jesus, show me the way. It's all I say every morning, and I promise you this, he'll show you the way. God bless you guys. Have a great Sunday. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.